Hello, this is Kenya Podcast Preacher, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is, What the Mixin' Fixin's. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode 404. Side note, the thought of inviting the enemy of God into his church in the hopes that they might convert is a strange thought. It would be like inviting the nation of North Korea or all of China to America with the express goal of converting them to a democracy. Even the wicked Philistines knew better than to risk such an endeavor. 1 Samuel 29.19 Then the Philistines gathered together all their armies at Aphek, and the Israelites encamped by a fountain which is in Jeriel. And the lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands, but David and his men passed in review at the rear with the Eshi. Then the prince of the Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Asha said to the prince of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, king of Israel, who has been with me these days or these years? And to this day I have found no fault in him since he defected to me. But the princes of the Philistines were angry with him. So the prince of the Philistines said to him, Make this fellow return that he may go back to the place which you have appointed for him, and do not let him go down with us to battle, lest in the battle he become our adversary. For with what could he reconcile himself to his master, if not with the heads of these men? Is this not David of whom they sang to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? Then Ashish said, called David, and said to him, Surely as the Lord lives, you have been upright, and you're going out, and you're coming in with me, and the army is good in my sight. For to this day I have not found evil in you since the day of your coming to me. Nevertheless, the lords do not favor you. Therefore return now, and go in peace, that you may not displease the lords of the Philistine. So David said to Ashish, But what have I done? And to this day what have you found in your servant, as long as I have been with you? that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king. Then Ashish answered and said to David, I know that you are as good in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the princes of the Philistines have said, He shall not go up with us to the battle. So let's look at the perpetuality of farsity. You tell your child that Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny exist because it's easier than telling them the truth about the whole thing and leading them to the purpose for the celebration? Now this could be in part because you are parroting what you were taught and because you may have been a a two-time-a-year church attendee. So because of that level of commitment to God, you had no real appetite to read the Bible and begin to know the God in whom we celebrate. But maybe that's not you, and you just wanted to believe that maybe Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny actually existed. I'm not making light of anyone just looking to stop the perpetuation of the farce. So we carry out this lie, and I'm not against lying and neither is the Bible. I think it depends on why you are lying. Exodus 20, 1, 17, Genesis 12, 10, 20, chapter 20, and 26, 6 through 14. There are way more scriptures supporting this thought, but that will have to be for another message. By the way, not lying is not one of the Ten Commandments. Bearing false witness is not the same thing as lying. It's another American softening of the scriptures, but more on that topic later as well. There is more, but this is sufficient 
that it should invoke further examination of the matter before shouting heresy. So but what of the matter of discovery of this lie from brothers, sisters, friends, teachers, coaches? How do these truths help your relationship with your kids? Do the presence and candy justify the shock and embarrassment of these truths coming down the line sooner or later? Do you think that all of the times that you punished your kids for lying has the impact you intended? Now that you are caught in the repetitiveness of the very infraction that invoke punishment on them? The fracture of trust oftentimes goes hidden and incurable. You, as a well-intended parent, may never recover the trust loss. And I think this depends on specific situations that a kid might have discovered the truth. No parent wants to embarrass their kids ever. But when we don't start out building on the truth for these two events, we are setting ourselves up for trouble down the road. I thought that this wasn't really a big deal. The fun or perpetuation of such a fable can't bring any harm when enshrined in gifts and candy, right? However, I remember right where I was in the very moment in time when I found out Santa Claus wasn't real. I did not think about one gift or one piece of candy that would temper the pain or shock of such a revelation. Confusion abounded. You mean all these years? All of this is just a lie. I have seen parents go crazy when someone states unintentionally that Santa Claus is not real in front of their unsuspecting kids. You see, the truth would unravel all of the holy evangelizing we do every holiday to perpetuate a lie that none of us ever wanted to discover. Not one of us grown-up peeps wanted to know that Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny were not real. Nope. But when one of our kids begins to question how it is that Santa can squirt down every chimney in America with a bag of never-ending presents without sooting up or the probability of a confused rabbit laying eggs, coloring them, staying up all night to make confectionery delight for all of the kids that exist on the planet, and then hiding them. We put on the holy evangelist's face to keep the truth buried. I get it. Once you start down the road, it's difficult to truth up. I remember having to tell my kids. I was convicted after I became a Christian and wanted to clean up some bad history and chain lying. What I wonder about this is the fact that we will fight tooth and nail to uphold the traditions of these two holidays, but not lift our voice to talk about the love of God, to live as if real people are going to hell if they do not become born-again believers. And don't get me started on the tooth fairy. When you use the word of God in a conversation, it can impregnate someone spiritually, and they can be born again. This is why your words should be as accurate as possible as believers. There is power in your words. If we do not change this practice, the world will not end prematurely. But as we continue to train up the next generation for the big shows, we will lose total sight to the original intent of these two holidays. Remember in the same manner that a puzzle is made up of many pieces. So is the Christian life, too. We clean up each piece, taking it to Jesus for help, and when it is right, we place it in a position until we have been made in his image and look like it in word and deed. I'm not asking that we abandon these celebrations, but that we renew our minds to holiness. And remember that in our total imperfection, He and He alone offers us the one benefit worth celebrating properly. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you could take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Find a seat and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. 
Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.